my wife prays for me to have clarity of thought. That's, that's of God because I don't get a lot of that at home. Do I, do I have clarity of thought at home? I'm just kidding. No comment. No. <laughs> I'm wounded. It is good to be in the house of God, and thank you for coming. Um, who needs Jesus today? Okay. <laughs> just kidding. I don't got to pick on this section. It's funny. Who needs Jesus today? Come on. I know I do. It's, you know, it's wonderful to give your life to Christ, and that is important, is it not? If you haven't done it in your life, if you have not made that declaration from your mouth, listen, the Bible says to confess from your mouth that he is Lord. Believe in your heart that he's raised from the dead, and you will be saved. I'm telling you, you have to declare it from your mouth. I remember when I did, those who have given your life to Christ, I know that there's a time in your life, too, that there was a time you said, Jesus, I just, I just need you. We wreck our lives, don't we? And Jesus restores them. He does such a fantastic job doing that, doesn't he? Where would I be today? Where would you be today? Think about that for a moment. I know that uh, my wife and singing praise team, you did a fantastic job today. I just love music. I, love, I can't play it. I've, I've tried. <laughs> I don't have the music skills. I must not have been in the right line. I was in this line over here. And if I'd known I was in the wrong line, I would have. I love music. I love it. And, uh, and yet I, I, I know that it does something to me. The words that are in the music, I can sing them and just, I can just feel the presence of God. I can just feel it. I can feel his love. I feel his direction. When I'm, when I'm down, you know what I'm saying? When you're down, turn, turn it on. Turn on some praise music. Get into your word. Let God restore you. You know, I was at the nursing home, and I, was, I was, had a group of, of people that was circled around this way, and I was, I was teaching them. Some were still there. Others were having difficulty. You know, when I speak, people fall asleep. <laughs> you know, it happens. I go to the hospital. I start to pray for something. They're done. They're just, I'm hoping they're still breathing. I've got to make sure. It's just, I don't know what I do. I put people to sleep. Do I put you all to sleep? Do you feel that come over you? You feel like, <laughs> but anyway, here I am. It's my low voice. I don't know, but whatever. Here I am. I'm, I'm teaching these, these fine people. A, a few, like one minute into it, three of them just go out right here. I'm like, praise God, they're sleeping, and they're, they need rest. But, and then I had one woman, one woman, and she had to be in her 80s, just a sweet old woman. She was sitting there looking at me like this, and, and she had her rosary beads in her hands, and she was just intently looking. And so... I went around after I shared a, some of the word. I went around and said, how can I pray for you? And I'm down. And I finally get to her. And, and I had to get real close because she had a real soft voice. I get real close. She said, I have seen Jesus. And I stopped for a moment. So I got to hear some more of this. This is going to be a good story. And so I got on my knees right before her. And I said, well, tell me about it. And she said, I have seen Jesus. I said, what was it like? She said, well, he appeared to me. I said, what did he say? She said, with, the, with, the, with faith, I'm telling you, you can tell when Jesus arrives in someone's life. She says, he told me to come. That's scripture, isn't it? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will bring you rest. And she said, she's appeared to me several times. And so I, I think it's probably checkout time for her. I don't know. But I do know one thing. She knows the Lord, and it was precious. And she had a rosary. She says, you know how many of these I've made? I said, well, how many? She said, 
I lost count at 77,000. 77,000 rosary beads. And I'm thinking, how many people did she, by faith, her work, giving people, and the, of course on the rosary bead is the cross. Wow. I'm like, man, this is a legend. I've got a legend right here. See Jesus face to face. Jesus asking her to come to him. Man, I'm telling you, God is real. He loves you. And he is in, he's in every moment of your life if you let him. And I was just so pleased to, to be a part of that. I was, I was praying. I was down the line. I prayed for one gentleman. And he says, I'm praying all the time. I'm praying all the time. I said, that's good. That's good. That's a good thing to do. He got down my knees. I got close to him. And I started to pray for him. He just started to melt. I can't imagine being away from family. Being those moments of, you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever had a loved one that was in the home and you didn't see them and didn't see them as much, I should say? Man, I'm telling you, it's, it's difficult. And yet, uh, boy, he just, he wept and I prayed over him and you see, it just, he's fired up, man. He's, he loves Jesus. People who love Jesus, I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing to be around them. It's just a privilege. But anyway, that's, that, I'd love to go there. We're going to go in a day with obedience. Anybody like, who, who says they're obedient? <laughs> it's about, it depends on what you're talking about, Jim. I'm obedient here. I'm good with this. Can you say you're an obedient person? Most of the time. We don't have any hands up. Nobody, nobody feels that they are. You know, when the Bible tells us to be obedient, as unto Christ, obedient, what does that look like? And I know we all struggle with this because nobody likes to be told what to do. <laughs> I don't like to be told what to do, but when the Lord says, I want you to do this, it's like, mm-hmm, it's a done deal. I'm going to just do it. So let's go into the word, and I want to take a topic today of obedient plowmen, and uh, who's, let, let me see the hands of those that have lived on the farm before. You got farmers in here? Yes, I was, I was on the farm once. I was a little tyke. I was about this tall, and uh, I get manure. I, I had to do the manure thing, so we're not going to go into that, but that was, that was my life. Uh, and so anybody know what you do when you plow? Is, is it important to keep your furrows straight? You know what I mean? When you plow that. And so I remember when I was a kid, uh, uh, we had one of these weapons. You all have one of these? Now you all think that's, that's dangerous. That's a pick, right? We call those picks. You could, you could hurt somebody with this. I'm telling you, when someone comes in the church, right, they're going to get hurt. This, this come to harm us, they'll get hurt. I should say that. Someone comes, they'll be all like, I'm not going to rest church. Uh, and uh, this is a weapon. And, and as, a, as a child, I, was bar- I could barely bring it. But we had, to, we had to make furrows with this. Does anybody have a, one of these on your farm? And this is actually used to pick with rock and all. But we had to use this to make furrows. We didn't have a... You know, those big plows, you know, the plows with many, you know, slicers, you know, the dirt. I had this, and I'd put it in, and i just, and i try to keep it all straight. You all think I'm crazy, don't you? Did anybody ever do that? Let me ask that question. Did anybody have to plow, did you have plow duty that you had to guard? Any have a garden? You have a garden, right? Carl, come on now. You had garden. What do you have to, you had to make your furrow straight to put your crop in there. Now, how to be, you don't want to go like this. You'd be like, I don't know what row this is. I don't know if this is corn or tomato. What is this? And you had to make your farewell straight. And so, you know, do you ever have to use one of these? Carl, did you use one of these before? You got one of those? What'd you do with yours? 
Do you have an assignment with it? Do you have to make furrows? Probably not. You just had to pick. But anyway, this is what I used to make my furrows. I wasn't very happy. It was a small child. But it stuck in my mind. So is it important as plowmen to make furrows straight? It is. If you're, if you're a crops man, you know that. Make sure that you keep your furrows straight. We're going to go on to 9. 50, uh, it's in Luke 9. We're going to go on 57. These are probably some of the toughest words Jesus said. And when you read this, you got to remember Jesus speaks only in love. He only does what the Father's doing. So sometimes we read the Bible, we're like, I'm not sure, Jesus, what you mean by this. But we're going to go into a section. Last week I messed you up. I went to the, I told you the wrong reference, but you all made it through that. And uh, so Luke 9, 57 and 58 is what we're going to start with first. As they were going along the road, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has what? Nowhere to lay his head. So someone came to Jesus. He probably had this gathering of folks. Matthew speaks about a man of the scribes, but as they followed him, they would speak out and say, I will follow you. Why, why would he say that? Because in Jesus' life, Jesus did many miracles, amazing things, and people would be in awe of this man, thinking this man has come to set us free. He's the, he's the chosen. He's the Messiah who's going to set us free from Roman. Look what he's doing here. And so people would follow in awe. And this one man would, would burst out and say, you know, I will follow you. And Jesus knew the heart. The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. I have nowhere to lay my head. Now, everybody here have a house? Who has, who has a house in here? Everybody have a house or apartment or someplace to lay your head? You lay your head down on something warm called a bed. And it's nice. Doesn't it have a pillow? Isn't it good? Warm bed and a house. You call it your own. It's mine. What was Jesus trying to say? If you follow me, I want you to count the cost. Because if you follow me, you're not going to have what you think you, ha you, you should have. You may have all these things in your life. You may have all these wonderful things. But if you choose to follow me right now, you're going to have to let those things go. Because if you follow me, this is what you get. And so right then, he knows the heart. So that's one challenge. What, what does it mean to follow Christ? What does it mean to count the cost and follow him? What do you have to give up? And so, let's go on to the next. It says, the next gentleman is there. And so, Jesus makes mention. It says, uh, and he said to the another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go home, bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim what? Everywhere the kingdom of God. And so he says to another that's there, follow me. And so when he says this, I'm sure the man was pointed out, he thought, okay, but first, Jesus, before I go, can I go back and bury my father? Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like an okay thing, doesn't it? Why would Jesus say this? I don't understand. I mean, is it okay for a person to go home and bury his own father? Would that be all right? Would that be the right? I would say so. But Jesus says very clearly, let the dead bury the dead. Was well, spiritually those who are dead bury the dead. You come follow me. What's he saying? Is those harsh words? Is it unfair? Is it unloving? What does it mean? 
to follow Christ, count the cost, no matter what is coming your way, no matter what family issue, if Jesus has called you to declare what? The kingdom of God, then what are you to do? Is it wrong for you to say, no, I have to do this? What would you do today? Let's take what he's saying then and bring it to today. What would that look like? Well, that means if I had a funeral for somebody and Jesus called me to do something, then, well, of course he wouldn't call me to do anything. He wouldn't say a word there. He would let me do what I have to do at home, and then after I'm done, then I'll go see what he wants to do. How many people think that's okay? Now, see, that's what I'm thinking here. Why would Jesus say these things? Take my life today. If I have a funeral set up, I would think that's where Jesus will be. Well, how do I know that? So where are you? To, when you count the cost to follow Christ, how many people believe they should follow him? Yes. If you're going to follow him, what kind of things have you set aside? What kind of things that you said, well, this isn't important to me. I'm not, my goals in life aren't about these things. And even if it comes to my family, those things that I think are important, those traditions, those things that we do hold values to, are those that important? If Christ told me to do the kingdom of God today, that I would do it for him. See, I have to be in the place where I understand the calling of him, and when he calls, I would go no matter what it is. Now we get to the third person. And he says to another also, he said, I follow you. I will follow you, I'm sorry, Lord, but first permit, she, me, permit me to say goodbye to my house or those at my home. But Jesus said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit or ready for use for the kingdom of God. What do you think this means? What is he saying here? Permit me first to go home and say goodbye. Does that sound okay? Again, anybody okay with that? So you're saying, come follow me. Sean, I want you to come. You say, wait, wait first. Let me just go home and say goodbye to my loved ones. Would that be okay? I sat there and thought, Lord, what are we, what are we saying here? I can understand at first that there's no holes or places to rest your head. There's what you compare to the animals. I, I can understand that you want me to not have things caught up. You don't want my mind caught up in these things because if I seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, all these things will be added unto me. All the things that I need, you will provide. I trust you. See, I can do that. You see, I, I don't have trouble with setting things aside. It's not important. Those goals I had when I was little, okay, no longer my goals that I have to have all these things. You know what I'm saying? I don't need the cars. I don't need the house. I don't need all these things, Lord. If it's just you I have, that's all I need. If that's all I have. You see, I can, I, can, I can see this. And then when it comes to these other things, okay, to traditions, things of, of funerals and those things of family, I can understand, Lord, if you call me to do something, I would say yes to that and I could say no to those other things and follow you. If it's really what I'm about, if I love Jesus as much, I will follow you. I will follow you. No matter where you go, no matter where you go, I will follow you. You see, I could say this. Have you declared that today in your life? No matter what comes my way, I will follow you. And then the third, I'm thinking, okay, if I have loved ones, what, what does it mean for me to say no to, to my loved ones here and say, okay, Christ, if you even call me across the world, I would go. And even if I can't say goodbye, I would follow. Would you follow when he calls? That's the thing. Will you follow? Will you count the cost? Do you have to reason with them? Do you have to say, well, these, Lord, are important to me, so they're important to you. So if they're important to you, then, then I could set those things down. 
You see, we have to be ready at any moment, no matter what it is, the situation, no matter how deep it gets, you're willing to say, if Jesus, you want me to follow you, I will do it today. Are you willing to say that? And that sounds difficult, doesn't it? It's almost like, Jesus, you ask us to count the cost, but I don't know if I can do this. Is it wrong for you to say, I can't do it? And sit down. Or the wrong for you to say, no, I'm, I'm not. Uh, you, hold on. I've got to take care of this first. Where would you be if Jesus was there and he said, come follow me? At that moment, what would you do? Are you one of these three? Where a man's mind is way off here. And I've got too many things. Another man says, no, this is more important. You know, this is more important. My family. And even if that father wasn't on his deathbed, you see, we don't know when he was going to die. We don't know, even though he's passed on. One thing I do know, his heart was saying, I'm more important, my family is more important than you right now. The other ones say, I have to say goodbye. Just let me a chance to go back. And looking back, he says, no, once you put your hands to the plow, once you put your hands to that thing and you know it's about Jesus, why would you ever let go? Why would you even turn around? If anybody knows plowing, what's important for your furrows? Straight, right? Have you ever tried driving a car straight and go, hey, hold on a second. Don't do that. You've ever been driving or doing anything, let it be a go-kart, and you turn around, where's that go-kart going to do? It going to be perfectly straight? Or are you going to start to this? Don't try that. The most important part of a plowman is to do what? Keep his eyes forward, straight ahead. That way your furrow is straight, everything you're doing, everything is fit, the plow has done its thing, and you're in charge. So the problem would be this, if we're turning back for any reason, once you put your hands to the plow. So what does that mean? What's the kingdom of God mean? That you're not fit for the kingdom of God if you turn back. Ready for use. Are you fit and ready for use? Are you today fit and ready for use? Let me see those hands. Let me see the hands that says, I have given my life to Jesus. I've handed it over. I love him very, I know he's active in my life. I can trust his word. I can trust him with my life. I'd lay my life down for you right now, Lord. If you, I, I would do anything for you, Jesus. See, when you're in that place right now, the question is this, are you ready to follow him wherever he may go? Are you willing to say yes to Jesus? And you say, well, Lord, I don't understand your voice. Maybe I don't know that you. Maybe, maybe it's something else. Maybe I'm clouded. I don't know what it is. Maybe right now you have given your life to Jesus and you don't know what your next step is. Maybe you're just not sure what that is. Maybe you're like, Lord, I don't know if you're in it. And like Pastor Teresa said, he has ordered the steps. He's ordered them. He knows the plan he has for you, the plan to prosper you and not to bring harm. A plan for a future and a hope. He doesn't, doesn't he have these things? Do you trust him? Trust him with all your heart. Lean out on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he makes your path straight. Do you, do you trust that today? Because what it comes down to is this. Have you counted the costs of following him? And those costs may feel, at times, pretty deep. Maybe it's more than what you think you can do. But isn't it good when you say yes to him, he, what he does to you is he put God himself, called the Spirit, and he says, now you receive this. And that is the counselor. 
That's the one that you can trust him. That's the one who will guide you in all truth. That's the one that speaks to you on a daily basis. All through the day, that spirit is there to help you. Isn't it good that he doesn't say, okay, count the cost and follow me and not give you something that's going to help you? Isn't it awesome that he does that? He says, I love you this much. I'm not going to let you go. I don't want you to stumble. I don't want any of those things in your life. As a matter of fact, you give it all to me. I trust you. See, I trust what you're saying. Now I'm going to give you the gift that will get you there. Isn't that wonderful? What other religions gives the Holy Spirit? What other religion can, can, can guarantee the, the kingdom of God? What other religion can say, when you give your life over in love, I will give you the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit guides you. How many here, here says, yep, I heard the Holy Spirit. He guides me in all truth. I trust in him. When I read God's word, he, he speaks to me. He loves me. I know he loves me. He's got, his, he's got it set for me. He's got straight furrows for me. He, he knows where I need to go. He knows where I need to plant. He knows where I need to water. When I do the planting and the watering, he brings the increase. You see, that's what he's about. The kingdom of God is about others around you. He has set you apart. He has set you free. He's ready for you to take activity right in what he's called you to do. That's what's so wonderful. He says, I chose you. Not that you deserve it. That you found him. And I don't know about you. Every one of us has found those places in our life. We're not worthy. I've never done anything to deserve him. The only thing I did was fall on my knees and accept him. Not as a part of my life. I accept him for all of my life. Everything I have is his. And so what I try is this. Okay, if I did that, if that really means something to me, and I love him that much, if he's got that kind of relationship with me, then what has he called me to do? And that is kingdom of God. For those around you, you can't let any person come into your life and you not have effect on because you're going to shine brightly. You see, you have all that within you, everything that you possibly could need to give it. And all you got to do is say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. And that's it. And he guides you. And all you have to do is speak truth, right, Saudi? All you got to do is speak truth, and people can hear. See, when that comes to them in truth, they say, wow, wow. The blinders can be lifted. Are you ready for the kingdom of God? Can you say that? Well, I want to bring up one more verse here. Listen to this. Luke 10, 8 and 9. If you've heard this before, I'm going to bring it again. Whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat what is set before you, and heal those in it who are what? Sick? And say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Can you believe that you have the ability to bring the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness right with you as you enter the home? You have an opportunity to bring that into a home, and you have the opportunity to bring healing in a home. You, you do. To me, that is astounding news that I can be a part of kingdom work that way. I would never think that of myself. I would never think there's an opportunity for me to do that. But as if I walk and I follow him, he will take me to those places. He will take me, and all I have to do is just declare how good he is. Is he not the Savior of the world? Is there other any other name given under heaven and earth that a man can be saved? None. And you have the opportunity to bring that kingdom to somebody. For the kingdom of God is near when you enter the place. For the Spirit of God lives in you. What is possible? What is possible?
with you. Man, all I got to do is say yes. To me, that's the toughest words Jesus said to, the, to those and not fully understand what it means to you. You got to look at your life today and say, what am I going to do? Am I choosing today to follow him? And if I choose to say, you count the cost. If you're ready to say, I'm in, I'm all in, then get ready. He will guide you. What you have to give up, I have no idea. But you do. You know the first step. You know what you have to say okay, no to. But who's going to help you? Who's going to help you? You see, the desires I had when I was 21 are not the same desires I have today. You know, those kinds of things, just, I have no idea, I have no wants to those things anymore. Not because it takes youth, it's just those things have no, have no desire. He does it all. He completes the good work. Isn't he good? He knows you. Father, I thank you that you're the kind of God that never gives up on us. Lord, these are challenging words. I, I don't know, I, Lord, I wish I was right in the middle of that conversation. I would love to see, Lord, in love that you spoke these words because it couldn't come from any other source except for love. And Jesus, as you spoke these to these men, you were calling them to a higher standard. You were calling them to surrender everything and walk with you. Lord, what would that be like to walk with the king of righteousness? And so, Father, I pray today as we read these scriptures and as we ponder what they mean for us personally, what things in my life have I said yes to above what you have called me to do before me? Lord, if there's more important to do my goals and set those higher than anything else, Lord, Lord, forgive me. If I look back because I have regrets, or if I look back, Father, because I want to do, I want to set these morals, whatever they are, Father, that it's not according to your plan when I set my eyes forward to the furrows before me. If I am a plowman, God, let me be a plowman. And, Father, there you can set the seed, and there you can cultivate. And, Father, Lord, then the increase comes. So I pray for every person in here. Lord, whatever it is, Father, you're calling us to do. If there's things we have to let go and throw off. Whether it's anything that ensnares us, encompasses us, Lord, throw it off. And so I pray today, Father, I walk more according to your good word. Father, if there is someone before me, God, let me not lose sight of the kingdom work that's before me. Lord, you call me into it. Lord, I want to see more people delivered in it. Lord, the kingdom of God is at hand. You've come near. And through you, Father, we can do all things with this. Thank you, Jesus, for that. In Jesus' name. Listen to me. These words were difficult today. Difficult. I don't want you to process these things unless Jesus is the focus of everything that you ponder. Let his word speak to you today. Let it bring truth to you today. Let you look at your life and say, I can say these things no longer need to be part of what I think on. Let's walk with Jesus today. Let's see what he has for us. And I pray, I, I just know, you give him all, something amazing is going to happen here today in your life. <laughs>